0: Breaking the panel is made possible by you and other listeners just as awesome as you are. If you want to support the show and get a little something in return, just go to patreon.com/breakingthepanel 'Cause we do appreciate the help. <laughs> that yeah. was a really bad joke. Uh, it yeah. was, but no, that wait, was wait, really wait. Real. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a real <laughs> real low hanging fruit. It was so low that you would dig in the earth to find it. That was bad.
1: Uh, that, that might be that,
0: that might be dad joke of the year. Like I, I think that locked it up right now. No, come on, dad no! I think know. that's dad joke of the year. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm gonna nominate it, and uh, <laughs> we'll check back in six months and see if I'm right. But damn, that was rough. These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comics life. We're breaking the panel.
1: And welcome to breaking the panel. This is your, I was going to say, it's your weekly download where you get to hear Paul Klotz and Chris Wisdom all the time. But you know what? We don't get to hear Paul Klotz and Chris Wisdom all the time. But this week we do. Paul Klotz is back in the saddle again.
0: Yeah. That's where you go, I'm back! No, that's not. Come
1: on, come on. I'm not
0: under the hair metal. Oh, you're no.
1: And filling in, this is the last week that Chris Wisdom will be off building sandcastles and taking vacations at the beach and whatever the crap he's doing for the
0: last six weeks. Dun dun dun! I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> I, I heard... said we hope because I just talked to him last <laughs> night, and there might be a chance we lose him for another week or two. Maybe. See,
1: what is up with that? He never talks to me.
0: Well, he never talks to me. He only talks to people worth talking to.
1: <laughs> That's, well we have somebody worth talking to with us. met him early on at dragon con and then i've interacted with him listened to a number of shows great great stuff he is a music mogul right up there with brian ibbett we got hammond chamberlain hey guys how's it going you know i'll give you that build up and there's like, hey guys you're hey. a paul i don't need two paul cloths on the show
2: no so here's the thing is if you overhype yourself you have to let other people hype you. That's the thing. Yeah, hey, you built me up. There's no point for me to continue riding that horse. You you set it free. I'm 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 running. So you're saying you're on my pony?
0: Is that what you're?
1: At?
2: Kinda, yeah. I mean, heck yeah. I mean,
0: <laughs> don't don't make it weird,
1: Charles. <laughs> <laughs> That's in my contract. It okay, is in my so, contract. I mean, yeah,
2: I mean, I appreciate the the accolades, and I I think I do good work, and um, I, I guess other people do because
1: they listen on occasion. So sure. Well, you were able to do an amazing, I've listened to every episode, an amazing uh, series called Soundography with Brian Ibbitt. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that before we get rolling here.
2: All right, so Soundography is a crash course in music one band at a time. And what Brian and I do is we we take a a band, uh, usually a band with a heavy catalog. And let's say you have heard one or two of their songs because you know the whole thing. So Brian and I binge listen to the entire catalog of a band And for frankly, for Zappa, that was a lot of work because that's like 130 (laughs) albums. Um, And then like for Mushroomhead, Brian wanted to murder me afterwards because just that's not his cup of tea. But uh, we then break down each album. We talk about highlights. We talk about their history. Then Brian and I each come with a five song playlist kind of is an introductory playlist for people. And then we... You know, tell me if there's a greatest hits, find that too. But this playlist is what we think is a good jumping off point for you to start listening to this band. And we've been doing it now. We got thirty, thirty-three, thirty-four episodes out. Um, and it's just it's continuing to pick up steam and momentum, and it's a fun show.
1: Nice. Now, is there a soundography.com? Where are you? What are you finding? There
2: is a sound. You can follow us on Twitter at the soundography. You can go to soundography.com. And you can check all the back uh, back issue, issues, back episodes, and uh, subscribe to it on all your podcatchers. And we're all there, and we've run through everything from Alan Parsons Project to Iron Maiden to Level Forty Two, which was my Achilles tendon. I felt like I was in a Dillard's elevator the entire week. Um, <laughs> no, that's the girl from Epanema. We actually covered that last no, week on the on the, uh, on the uh, Frank Sinatra Rat Pack show. <laughs>
1: I'm that's just, that's like, a botched reference. You
0: mentioned I'm yes, a maiden, and I'm just sitting here air strumming my bass, like doing the gallop. I'm just like, yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm was <laughs> yeah, yeah. a lot
0: of fun. Oh, yeah. I bet that would be fun. I'm going to have to check that out. Now, see, so
1: you don't just do the albums. One of my favorite ones was a year in music, nineteen ninety-one. Oh, yeah. We've man.
2: done ninety-one. We've done eighty-four. Uh, we've done genres of music, like we did history of rap, which was funny for two bald white guys from the uh, from the Mountain West doing that. Um, <laughs> we've done uh, lounge music. You know, we kind of we kind of make sure we cover all the bases. Uh, we did uh, Garth Brooks, which was hard
1: for both me and Brian. <laughs> I, I actually dig some uh, Garth Brooks, nineties Garth Brooks, man. Uh, I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> I, I, lo- I love that,
0: that your dedication to your craft required you guys to go down a road that you both had to endure.
2: Oh yeah, no, there yeah. there, well, there have been a couple of them that either one
1: or both of us have actually
2: contemplated vetoing.
1: Mm. <laughs> Well, that's that. Honestly, I would just talk about this all day long. So I'm getting myself back on track. So let's get to the awesome geekery that we have this week. As we, oh wait, actually, I got to make a quick announcement. The Wonder Woman uh, panel that we put out last week, there are some miscommunications that happened, and it's it's got a few f bombs in it. So there's a it's a rated R. And I forgot to that was part of miscommunication was I didn't realize it was going to go out as rated R. So. We didn't get to put a warning on it, so hopefully you didn't blast it in your car with your church-going grandparents. And uh, But there you go. So we apologize for any kind of surprises that happens because we What's do try to keep... What's that garbage you listen to, to
2: back in the back of the car,
1: Johnny? <laughs> All right, not Jim Brewer. Um, You're not my <laughs> real dad! <laughs> Don't make I'm, me turn this podcast around. Ah, uh, uh, Well, you know what? Speaking of cars and crash landing on roofs, the Black Panther trailer dropped this past Friday night, and we all got to see it. Uh, Klotz, what was your take on it?
0: It looks awesome, man.
1: (sighs) Hammond.
2: It does look awesome. I really hope that they change the storytelling uh, mojo up a little bit, because the Marvel Cinematic Universe films are starting to be kind of like paint-by-numbers and I want to make mm. I want the story beats to be varied. I don't want it to be the same type of story over and over again.
1: Yeah, I get that. Now, what I mean I can see in general what you're talking about, but I, we've discussed many times here on the show. We feel like a lot of it is different. Like uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier is a, a political spy thriller. No, whereas I mean, Ant Man's I a mean, heist no, film. Type of I get all that, movie. but at okay. its core, it's this thing: the good guy gets a
2: thing. They lose the thing. They have to fight for the thing. It almost gets used the thing, and then
1: they save the thing. Uh-huh. Well, see, would... they can't really do that in the MCU because we don't have Fantastic Four licensing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was a really bad joke. Yeah. It was, but yeah, that yeah, was it was, was really, really. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna now. I understand why clap. you're the rock Go
2: god of podcasting because.
0: Yeah, because that was a real, <laughs> real low-hanging fruit. It was so low that you had to dig in the earth to find it. That was bad. Ah, uh, that, that might be that, that might be dad joke of the year. Like I, I think that locked it up right now.
1: No, come on, Ibit Ibit is way worse about that. No, joke. I yeah, think yeah.
0: that's dad joke of the year. I'm uh. I'm, I'm gonna nominate it and. <laughs> <laughs> We'll check back in six months and see if I'm right, but damn that was rough okay but
2: but still, my point stands that yeah. the storytelling structure is is very very predictable, even though they change the type of film. It's always uh-huh. about yeah okay, chasing a thing, and they need to change it so they're they're doing something a little bit more varied and I understand that hero films you're always going to be kind of stuck into a certain structure. I get that, but you have to make it for the people who have seen Iron Man through the all the way through, that they're getting something different, and new.
1: And honestly, in this one, in the Black Panther, Wakanda can just be the thing, which is a, a city, it's a location, right? It can be the battle for it, it can be trying to steal the vibranium. I don't. I'm with you. I don't need anything in this film to be the thing that they try to protect and they get stolen. It well, might you get know, used.
2: You know that there's going to be an infinity stone at some point. Do mm-hmm. so we haven't and- seen?
1: We've seen all but two. Is that right? I've lost count. How I many we've seen?
2: I, I I don't know. I I haven't been counting. I Where's guess. wisdom when you need them? But I'm just saying. I mean, we've. I don't need it to be about an infinity stone. I don't need it to be about God's ego. I don't need it to be about uh all kinds of other weird things that they've decided to do. I just want it to be a a superhero film where he's defending like I don't know. Like the first Spider Man was him just. Dis- defending the city, and maybe that's what they're going to do with this, is where they were... um... The vibe
0: I kind of got was that, um, at least how the trailer presents it, is that this is Wakanda's chance to kind of, like, reveal itself to the world. And that's how, now that he is king, that is how he's going to choose to do it, you know what I mean? Which
1: should bring up the whole white ape storyline. Or is it White Ape or White Gorilla?
0: Uh, They might not do him just because of yeah.
1: Well, I kind of thought Michael B. Jordan was kind of, even though he's not got the bulk for it, because, and I apologize for saying it wrong because Chris isn't here to correct me, but I know it's you see their white apron, white grill. That was a name like Black Panther. It's it's the name they gave the that character or whatever, and I know he's always trying to fight to take over the kingship, and they, you're right, they might not do it, but. I kind of for whatever reason when I saw it, I, Michael B. Jordan kinda of gave me that vibe of he's gonna be the internal bad guy, whereas
0: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, he's definitely uh, the, what's his name? the other bad yeah, guy. Yeah, he's the Wakandian uh antagonist for sure. That's what he was cast as. Yeah. But what uh, was the yeah. name of the
1: what,
2: what was the name of the the pterodactyl character that all lived in the jungles all the time in the Marvel Comic Universe?
1: Okay, I'm sorry, I got none of that, man.
2: So there is like a pterodactyl character that used to live Oh,
0: love. yeah, yeah, Who's yeah. That? Oh, uh, uh Sauron? Yeah. Yes.
2: I always thought he was a, the name was a direct pull from Lord of the Rings. But anyway, I would like to see something with him at some point, just to see what they do with it.
0: Now, that's in... Uh, Unfortunately, that's going to be X-Men, so that's... Yeah, Fox that's property. stuff. Oh, well, I can always yeah. dream.
1: Well, you know, you can't, <laughs> because they did a great job with Logan. I watched it again the other night with the family,
0: and it's mm-hmm. still
1: a, a top-notch movie. There's so. a
0: chance... I don't know if I don't know if high evolutionary falls into Fox or uh or Mar- or, or you know Marvel proper anymore but that could be yeah. cuz it's it's a very like parallel kind of character you know he, he monkeys with the genetics of uh of animals and stuff um so high evolutionary could be a thing but yeah
1: High evolutionary if I the first time I saw it or saw him in the books he he was on the god was it the moon it was some planet close to earth I know the moon's on a planet, but it was some <laughs> orb. It was some mass of of crap that you can stand on close to Earth, and I want to say it was a
0: X Men story. I think he might be X Men. Is the problem? Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. Uh, anyways, to to circle back around a little bit here, yeah, I I feel like they're kind of building this up as this is going to be Wakanda. Revealing itself as not because they kind of say it in the trailer. They're like, "Oh, everybody perceived us as a third world country, not developed, blah blah blah." And it's like, "Well, no, we're sitting on this, we're sitting on the next oil." You know what I mean? And we're the only ones who got it. So, so. if we we're
2: going to relate it to something, I guess I would want to see it as the Marvel Cinematic Universe of uh, version of Precinct Thirteen, where it just is onslaught and they'd
1: have to defend themselves. Uh, <laughs> that would be. What about Thirteen Blocks? There's there's that too.
2: Oh, that's a, or what's was it? Attack on attack the block.
1: Attack, attack the, block. the block was great. Yeah, that was that was a uh, uh, Star Wars Rogue One, uh, not Rogue One. Uh, Star Wars Episode Eight guy, wasn't it? Um, Garth. <laughs> uh, what Wayne? I don't understand. No, Garth
2: Ennis or whatever. Not Ennis. What? Who, what's his name?
3: Crap.
1: No, uh, I'm talking about uh, uh, the male Dan Boyega. Thank yeah, you. See, Boyega. Boyega. Yeah, it was Boyega. Yep. Yeah, he was phenomenal in that thing. It's a, it's a
2: stupidly fantastic him. film. I love that movie.
1: Right? It is. Yeah, it is. Kind of it is
2: so much better than it should be, and it is so much funnier than it should be, and it's so much better than... It's so much well more well done than it should be. It, it should be a punchline, but it's not.
1: If it, And I, I do believe, because of how studios try to make things a certain way, if it was done in America... 'Cause attack the block is an English film. Mm-hmm. I mean it may have been filmed by Americans. I'm not saying that, I'm saying it's set in England and it's set, you no, know. With, it's a British yeah. film. Yeah, a I, British I figured film. it was, but I hate to you I hate get, when I, I speak in British generalities. Film. Yeah, I hate when I speak in generalities and then somebody comes back, Well, you should know the third the third assistant producer was an American. Like, I don't care. I'm just trying to say in general. No, that, this I is mean, where it was.
0: That film was very that was built into british culture it, yeah it, it plays off british culturalisms so yeah and i
1: think if you made it in america where they landed let's say in the bronx it would not be the same film i think it would be a punchline you know what i was trying to say
3: mm-hmm. yeah uh, well i mean you gotta the,
0: the the cultural context of that is that in britain the estates are like the projects here you know what I right. mean? right Yes so it's the same it's a, it's you could throw it into the projects and it'd be almost the same story but it might not be it, that kind of talks about how like as an american audience we sometimes perceive like foreign particularly british films as being a little more sophisticated than they are just because of the accents and everything i i don't know that it would be that different if it was done over here
1: uh it wouldn't be that different cuz if a film called i believe neighborhood watch with uh, uh, uh oh crap wasn't that not Adam not Sandler, Owen Wilson it was Adam
2: Sandler and Kevin James yeah. I
1: think no no not maybe it was I was trying to think God the guy who did uh uh he's always with Owen Wilson they were in wedding crashers and and uh, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn was in it no Vince Vaughn was in it as like the lead that's what i'm thinking of where an alien crashes in the neighborhood yeah and it's vince wall and and i can't remember a bunch of uh, four three other comedians and it was funny but it was it was not attacked the block but i think it was kind of that's what i'm saying it it was a little different anyway we're way off topic who cares about us (laughs) (laughs) i just want to keep telling you that i think you're wrong i know that's the only reason you come around that's in his writer everybody
0: yeah it's really it's really what i show up for week after week (laughs) <laughs> I mean I don't have Chris the bag on, man. Like I know. We missed he, he at least punches back. You know, like this it you just kind of feel like I'm beating the the proverbial dead horse. Like I've I've <laughs> rounded it to to hamburger at this point.
2: Welcome to the new show with Dead Horse
1: and
0: clock <laughs> the, the epic dead horse of podcasting charles mcfall ah
1: uh, <laughs> just because i like uh michael bay i mean that's the i can't throw I, mean, punches oh, I'm sorry, I, gotta, I gotta go i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> michael bay presents pride and prejudice and i would watch the crap out of that i'm just saying how
0: that. are they gonna get explosions into pride and prejudice and how do you get Leave it hero- to michael how do, bay how do you get a,
1: <laughs> how do you get a
2: 180 hero shot from the knees
0: of... <laughs> I want Michael Bay to do Pride and Prejudice. You know why? I want to see how he does shaky cam in dialogue, like wall to wall dialogue where you just can't see whoever's oh. talking. In no, what we need
2: to do, what we need him to do, is Weathering Heights.
0: <laughs> Grapes of Wrath by Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the wrath. <laughs> the wrath is the, oh, is feeling. That Michael Bay captured none of the essence of that classic book and just <laughs> destroyed a beloved American. Oh, God. He's a literature.
1: <laughs> and that's what we bring to you on Breaking the Panel. You can get awesome geek news over on Kurt Geek. We bring you Michael
0: Bay does Grapes of Wrath. That's what we bring you. Uh, so, yeah, to, to close up that ridiculous conversation, Hammond, what you're saying is you just want to see it break away from the traditional.
2: Well, they've established a certain storytelling uh, formula. And it's and it's frankly, after seeing, having been to the theater to see them all, I'm interested in seeing them shake it up a little bit, do something a little different, take a different point of view, do something to make it kind of rewarding for the people who've sat through Iron Man, Hulk, all the way through where we are today.
0: Mm-hmm. I'd like to tell you that I think that, that you're going to get what you asked for, but I can't. I don't know that it will. I think, it'll I think
1: this work. this one has the most potential to give them that, but yeah.
0: I think sure. this one has the most potential since Winter Soldier to be different, yeah. Yeah,
1: yes. and Winter Soldier did feel different because
2: it was a story about that relationship mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of about things. It was that relationship, and so that's why it did feel different. And kind of, uh, even though Guardi- the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie was about getting the thing and keeping the thing and being safe from the thing... It also was about how they stumbled into being heroes, which mm-hmm. was about them uh, fighting the situation. It's kind of like the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. The first one was really good because it was about the adventure, and they were all kind of involved in the adventure. The minute they started making the stories about Jack Sparrow, it, they fell
1: apart. Mm-hmm. I, I liked them, but, you know,
2: that's because I like
1: no, – <laughs> apparently you- I like dumb movies. Uh, oh, I, I own Jesus Christ,
2: Vampire Hunter. Let's not get started on dumb
1: movies. <laughs> I've not heard of that one. <laughs> it's so, a musical. Uh, oh. <laughs> You've got nothing to say to me that Hammond at all. <laughs> not at
0: all. Yeah, uh, that doesn't sound... I've never heard of it before, and therefore I'm I'm sure that's probably for good reason. Yeah. Uh, Hammond, <laughs> now, you, you in the pre-show here you kind of mentioned to us that when you see trailers, you kind of get different reactions, particularly most recently you said you saw the Justice League trailer and then you saw the Thor Ragnarok trailer and you had very different reactions to them. You want to share that with everybody?
2: Yeah. So I'm in the darkened theater with my wife and my kids, my two daughters, and we're sitting there getting ready to watch Wonder Woman and the Thor Ragnarok trailer kicks in and it starts out and then the music kicks in and they have the big thing about, I know he's a friend from work and, you know, that kind of thing. That movie makes me, that trailer makes me want to see that movie now. I want to see it, I would I would probably push old women into traffic to get to that film if I had the opportunity today.
0: It seems like a thin justification to you know, <laughs> act on here. murderous impulses, but okay.
2: Um, then directly after that, they showed the trailer for the Justice League film. And I don't want to see that movie now. Actually, I kind of didn't want to see it before. I really don't now.
1: And why? why what, what about the trailer makes you not want to see it?
2: It did not intrigued me, it didn't grab me it didn't interest me. there was nothing in it visually that was interesting or stunning to me. There was almost no humor there was it was all felt like they was shot through a pair of very very dark pantyhose and <laughs> and i just i just i'm I am so uninterested in the way they're gonna portray the flash and cyborg
1: that I don't care now say i would i i actually on my own personal take on it i I haven't seen the most recent trailers. So I don't know if it's different than the one I saw is what I'm saying. A Cyborg, I had really high hopes at the Stinger at the end of, of BVS that he was going to be awesome. I'm kind of neutral on him, but I got to say The Flash, when I, I first heard Ezra Miller, and like, mm, we'll see. But then everything I've seen of him, every little appearance I've seen as The Flash, I've liked him more and more. So I'm actually really looking forward to see The Flash. I hope
2: I'm wrong. I, I, when I see it at home and someone else buys the Blu-ray for me or I get it on Netflix, <laughs> I, I'm I'm good. But here's the real problem, though, is I saw Wonder Woman and kind of liked it, which makes me sad that I don't want to see the Justice film. because I just, uh, You only,
3: you,
1: you only kind of liked Wonder Woman? I,
2: Wonder Woman was very good. There was one scene, though, that it was like um, Zack Snyder borrowed directly from Kung Fury. Have you guys seen Kung Fury?
1: Mm-hmm think so you know that
2: 2d where he's fighting and people are just coming at him and he's throwing him out of the way sure one woman has a scene that does that where she's going through fighting people in a 2d manner and people are just coming at her it's in the third act i leaned over my wife and said oh look it's kung fury fighting and they died so did my older daughter she died because they've seen kung fury too i kept waiting for true survivor by david hasselhoff to start
1: (laughs) 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 uh I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I got to say, even though that it has a dark filter, I'm okay with darker superhero I'm films. Fine. I, you know what? Yeah. I, I really enjoy
2: it when it's done well. But dark for darkness sake, dark for a mm. reason's fine. Like the, okay. the second Batman film was dark for a reason. There was a reason for that. Right. They, they established it. They set it up. It paid off. They, they made you walk that path for a very specific reason. Batman versus Superman was dark because they just were like, hey, the
1: other ones were dark. Let's be dark. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. But uh, it also plays into what we're talking about. Um, Let me see. Make sure I'm not jumping ahead in the notes because I I
0: actually – You are a bit. um, Yeah, I think it's a good place
1: for it. So jump away.
0: Well, hold on one second. One thing I wanted to say about trailers is uh, I'm reminded of the fact that trailers can really impact your perception of a film, particularly the way the trailers are cut. I mean we talked about that with Suicide Squad how yeah, there were multiple trailers for Suicide Squad and they gave very different vibes and none of them really represented the film very well. That's
2: because the film didn't know what it wanted to be. They didn't know if it wanted to be serious oh, yeah. or if it wanted to be action or if it wanted to be a comedy or if it wanted to be a buddy cop show or whatever. Yeah. No, it, absolutely it was completely agree. quagmired in its own like misidentification. It was like a teenager just, that was going through puberty. You just didn't know what it wanted to be when it grew up.
0: It was like an entry-level college course on film production. Like If you let the entire class collaborate on a single film together, You know, it it just felt like it was a whole bunch of uh, completely different genres thrown together. But um,
1: well, actually, what I was jumping to was the mummy. I saw it's not in the notes about what you said, Klotz, about I only saw the monster version of the mummy. You said there's another trailer that's like the funny bits.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. so I was in the theater recently and I saw right before the mummy actually came out. I saw another last cut trailer for it where it played up the like the fact that there's funny parts in it. That, like, it's actually, because, you know, the original Mummy films were, they were exciting, there was, you know, a darker aspect to them, they were, you know, kind of had a little bit of a horror tinge to them, but ultimately it was really an adventure comedy with a little bit of darker flavor, you know what I mean? This was being pegged in the early trailers as just being like, "Oh, it's a horror movie," you know. Oh, this horrible mummy. Yeah, they're up. bringing the monsters back from Universal. Ha! And yeah. then I see this trailer where every two seconds Tom Cruise is cracking one-liners and stuff like there. It's all these setups and like these funny moments, and his uh, his female co-lead there is like setting him up, and like I was like, this is a totally different film all of a sudden, and then apparently it's not very good anyway. So, you know. Eh. but uh, I'm reminded of last year we talked about Kubo and the Two Strings and how, you know, people were trying to figure out why that film didn't do so well in the theater, even though it is such, like, an accomplishment artistically and and the story is is beautiful. And it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but I don't think anybody who sits through Kubo is going to come out of it and say that it was garbage or not good or not worth their time. They might be like, it was a little weird for me, but... I think everybody walks out of it being like, all right, you know, that was, that was something. Um, The thing is that the trailers for that, all the marketing was like during primetime marketing and they portrayed it like your typical animated film, like a DreamWorks film, you know, where like a Shrek 2 or something, you know, like a, oh, blah, 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 we're just going to bumble along and the Beetle Guy's going to be real funny and make all these, and it's like, he's funny, but like, that's not the tone of the film at all, you know, and people walked in expecting that. And they got a very different experience because it was a very somber, you know, soul-searching type of story. Which I, I
2: cool. took my eight-year-old to that under the impression it was going to be kind of a comedy road film. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of taken aback by it. But when we walked out, to her credit, she really did enjoy it and really did get some things out of it. Mm-hmm. But it was – it's kind of like the going on the uh, Roger Rabbit ride at Disneyland. You think it's going to be funny? And it's kind of a horrible experience.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I could see
0: that. I, I haven't done that myself, but I could absolutely see that. I, th- I think
1: it's still just a taste thing sometimes. I mean, there's definitely universally bad experiences, but I think, I, I think different people take things differently. Now, for the mummy part of it, I enjoyed the Brandon Fraser franchise. I mean, I guess it's technically. Two, it was three franchise.
2: movies, but only four. two of them were good. Oh, it was four? four?
1: Yeah, there's a uh, the war, there Hidden Warriors. Warriors Tomb movie. Yeah, with there
0: gently. were two Scorpion
1: King ones that were Oh, okay. No, let's see. There's, no, the Scorpion King was a yeah, there's spin-off four with, the with Brandon. There was four with Brandon Fraser in it. it was one went like straight to DVD, I think. There is. So, oh, okay. I'd have to look at my Voodoo. I have all of them on the Voodoo. Okay. It doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter I enjoyed most of them. I think I enjoyed the first two, maybe. Yeah, I thought yeah, the graphics with the rock as a scorpion in Scorpion King was that was horrible. Bad. Yeah, it was it was bad. Uh but the film itself was okay. And what my point is though, is they're very lighthearted. They were the new age of the monster films, uh, at the end of the new age of the monster films, where I remember watching Abbott and Costello meet the mummy and meet Frankenstein, this and that and the other. But I also remember growing up with the werewolf and the invisible man. And these were monster films that were at the time designed to scare you. So when I saw the trailer for the new mummy, I was like, I'm down. We're going to terrorize the planet. Let's do this. And then to hear that it might be kind of to tone or straddling the line between Brandon and Fraser, You can't have, you can't have Brandon and Fraser and be scary at the same time. That just is, is a, a universal truth right and I there. I can't
2: believe I'm going to say this, but Tom Cruise is no Brandon Fraser.
1: As far as like goofiness.
2: And, and, and as far as just like being ability. able to, yeah, as far as able to be that. Brandon Fraser has the ability to walk a line between, uh, Brilliant sensibilities and brilliant humor, mm-hmm. and he does them that. both very well. And he can be a character that is goofy and smart, and kind of bumbling, and and kind of falls a, into being a hero. It's he a does very that very well, vibe. absolutely. Yeah. And Tom Cruise has his tooth, and he likes to run. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, see, I, I am going to defend Tom Cruise a little bit I do think Tom Cruise has some tremendous range I mean, Tom Cruise is one of those guys That very often comes across as Tom Cruise is this person You know what I mean? Like, it's his serious Tom Cruise is always the same And so on and so forth He's not very method or anything like that He doesn't really completely assume a new identity But I do think he's got really great timing um, And he can. he's carried a lot of films that weren't so good without him um but yeah no i i wouldn't he wouldn't be my first pick i mean let's remember tropic thunder was a huge departure for him you know what i mean yeah, like people yeah. were blown away
1: well he wasn't even listed i mean you didn't know he was going to be in the film right
0: so. and like, just you know. how funny he was and how completely over the top and like yeah I mean, that was hilarious i feel but like part of got,
1: that was surprise i think too yeah
0: i i feel like he got to work out some demons in that shoot cuz that was <laughs> that was some like some really really that was close outplay. to his divorce time wasn't it i think so it was <laughs> But yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Like Brendan Fraser, when he was at his peak, he could carry a film that was trying to be a little bit lighthearted, but also a little bit suspenseful. And yeah, it's just not the same. And and it's, uh, it's really difficult to try to, I just, the big thing for me though, was like, I was like, you didn't present that to me this whole time. You didn't sell me this movie as a continuation of that vibe.
2: But do you yeah. remember, do you, do you remember the, remember how they advertised toys? The Robin Williams film, they nope. made it seem like it would be a knee slapping comedy, and you get in there, and it's oh, one of the saddest oh. films ever freaking made. Yeah, great,
0: but right, yeah, yeah. Toys Definitely. was, Toys was a a trip. Uh, I was very young when that came out, but it was like yeah. I remember like starting to watch it. I'm like, oh, look at all the toys, and Robin Williams. Robin Williams is Mrs. Doubtfire and the genie. I could trust him. Nope, you can't. By the end of it, I was like, "Why? Why are all my heroes evil?" <laughs> like I was just like, it was one of those things that really shook me up as a child. You know, like a uh, okay.
2: I saw it in college, and I think I actually blacked out most of it. I just remember being sad.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, it, it was. It
1: it was a god man. It was a tearjerker of a great emotional story that had an amazing performance by Robin Williams. And okay performances by everybody else, uh, Joan Cusack included. Um,
0: I was gonna say I literally couldn't list another person that was in that movie without looking it up. For some
1: reason, I think for some, my brain tells me LL Cool J makes a cameo, but I can't remember. Joan Cusack was a sister. I remember that. I can't. I, I can remember the dad's face. He's an actor you'd recognize. But I can't remember his name because I'm kind of bad with actor names too. Uh, go figure. But anyway, that's you're right. The I don't remember the trailer because I was little when it came out. I just remember we're going to a Robin Williams family film, and it was like, Daddy, what's going on? I, just, yeah.
2: I would just like to thank you both for making me feel colossally old right now.
1: <laughs> Wait, how old were you when it came out? I
0: was in college. I was. You a... are colossally old, <laughs> Grandpa. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm in my early thirties, <laughs> man. Like, I feel old enough.
1: According to basketball rules, I'm not even a man yet.
0: So... <laughs> i don't understand what you just said at all
1: that that guy there's a the meme there i don't know sports ball all that much but you know there's a meme where a coach is like i'm 40 i'm a man because somebody was coming after his players or whatever and he's like come after me i'm 40 and i'm not 40 yet is what i'm saying that's all wow know.
2: um i'm i'm significantly older
1: than both of you <laughs> well there they there you go i guess <laughs> now back to the fun part of the show
0: <laughs> this was all fun you shut up
1: <laughs> chris evans you know we talked about the the long career we've talked about the show uh the way on this show we have talked about the way signing on as a marvel hero at any point and early on you didn't know if it's gonna be successful but now of course you're locked into so many movies and and i'm sure it's a great thing to have that security and to be that character, but it's also your life, and it can be exhausting for a while. And we know Chris Evans was creatively, creatively saying that creatively? he wanted—that's the word—that he wanted to branch out, right? Play other roles. Direct—he really wanted to do some directing. And we thought we might not get Cap back; that they might actually do the the one of the greatest stories at all time in comic books—the death of Captain America. And but now he's actually. Extended his contract, right,
0: Klotz? He extended his contract by a single film. And basically, uh, as he explains it in an interview, is um, originally he signed up to see it through to the end of Infinity War. But as we know, a while back, they decided that Infinity War was getting too bloated with all the heroes that they've built. Yeah, they're going to part point. one and part two or whatever, yeah. Yeah, there was too many characters to try to tell everybody's story and show everything, so they're going to split it into two films. And so basically he wanted to be part of the whole thing, and so he, he accepted a contract to tack on one more so that he could finish it out. And he says that, um, I'm going to pull his direct quote here if I can find it. Is it the one about, I had six films in my Marvel contract? Yeah, yeah. he said, I had six films in my Marvel contract, so I could have said after the third Avengers I was done, but they wanted to make the third and fourth Avengers films as a two-parter. They said that they had so many other characters to fit in, Guardians of the Galaxy, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, and couldn't get them all into one movie. So, he also said that um, he hasn't written off the possibility of extending his contract again, but... What we've kind of heard is that after Infinity War, they're really planning to cap off this whole. Uh, cap off.
2: You're, you're funny.
0: <laughs> what I meant. Okay. To, to, I caught it, but yeah, you, you delivered it. To, <laughs> nice. to, to, uh, yeah, to finish up the basic story of everybody and everything that's led up to this point, you know, because we're in phase three. It'll be the culmination of phase three. Um, so basically it's a good transition point. I would assume that Marvel would sit down with Evans and Evans would also a- agree that that's a great point to just leave the character, like to finish the story proper at the end of phase three, like everything else, and then let him walk away. Now the mantle people have speculated could go on. Cause obviously we have uh, Sebastian Stan who plays a uh, winter soldier is in an extended contract as well. He's completely viable as a cap alternative. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have uh, Sam Wilson as well. You know, the Falcon is mm-hmm. also an option. So there is more cap stories that could be told in the MCU in its future iteration. If they chose to keep any of those guys involved. Um, or are they
2: could pull a Sean Connery, Roger Moore and just keep the same name
1: and just change out the actor.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't I, With, I don't think they would. I don't think they have to. You know what I mean? Like I
1: a- don't know that they would either because it hasn't been established that way, right? It, it, so far in the last, what, 10 years, there has been, these are the characters, and we have had no precedent in multiple films in a Actually, universe you, you of
2: You do. Uh, Iron Man. Ah, uh, uh, War Steel, Machine. Cheetle and yes. War Machine.
0: Yep. You're right. I, yep. Yeah, but nobody pays attention to the different black guy.
3: Oh,
0: I'm kidding. Oh, i kidding. Send, send your
1: emails too.
0: <laughs> this, this
1: moment brought to you by the Blazing Defender report.
0: Check out um, Blazing Defender. Report. Well, honestly, I mean, that was their hands were kind of tied with that, though. Well,
2: oh, that's because what's his name was kind of being a jack. Yeah,
0: of... no, Terrence Howard was being a real dick about it and kind of he forced their hand. And
1: technically speaking, even though everybody forgets this, uh, Norton as the Hulk is MCU canon. And then they just changed it without also, talking about it to...
0: Also the same story, though. Um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. They, I'm saying, they, uh, yeah, they yeah. walked away from Norton because he said some bad stuff in interviews. Oh, um, yeah, he trashed it. Well, I, I, I get where he wanted weird. to go as an actor and they didn't do it, but... he's Okay, he's, Ed Norton It has been in some of my favorite films of all time, Yeah, but he's legendary in the industry for being difficult to work with, cantankerous, full of himself, all of that. You know what I mean? He's I'm really Jordan. Yeah. He, he's a real talented guy, but like he's not easy to work with. And if if we've seen anything come out of how they've handled the MCU, they want people that are malleable. They want people who are flexible, yeah. who will go with the flow, who will, you know, bring like you look at somebody like RDJ, really talented actor, but he's willing to work. You know what I mean? Like he's willing to you know, like the whole him picking up Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, is an example of him being re, you know open to exploring new things as they become Can available. I bring up something about Homecoming real fast?
1: Hold oh, sure. right, real, real quick though. For RDJ, he's always been that way in
0: his career, right?
1: So go ahead. And ahead. Ar-
0: well, and arguably he has to. He had to be like when he got Iron Man. That was such a big you know lifesaver moment for his career because he had you know in the '90s he had really kind of almost ruined himself he
1: almost imploded with all right. the drug use and everything right else.
0: And, and, you know and well he and the thing issue was in the industry people were concerned about him because they didn't know if he'd show up you know what i mean like they didn't know yes. if he'd be on set every day and all that kind of stuff so right you know it, it, iron man <laughs> saved that man's career you're saying
1: robert Denny jr is the ultimate hipster because he was he was he was sheen before sheen was sheen <laughs> no shut up
0: Hammond, (laughs) say what you wanted to say. Okay.
1: So what I was going to say was, in
2: the comic books, uh, Iron Man, Tony Stark, builds Peter Parker a um, spider suit Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. the Civil War. And it's got the legs sticking out of the back, and it's red and gold and all that kind of stuff.
1: The Iron Spider, right? Yes.
2: I I am very, very very glad that they went a more subtle route for the Tony
1: Stark-influenced Spider-Man suit. Mm Mm-hmm. In the, the upcoming homecoming. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Uh, you know what? That is a great roll into what we want going to talk about next. Now, this is going to be a little cantankerous because old man Klotz is already shouting me down. Bob just reporting what we reported on. I do remember half of what we talked about. Yeah, when I'm sober, so Feige clears up that Venom is not MCU, and a little behind baseball pre-show, I went, like, "Clots, that's a no-brainer. Of course, Venom's not MCU." He's like, "Well, no, Homecoming is," or he says, "Spider-Man." And it's like, "No, Spider-Man's not." That somebody's like, "Well, you haven't been keeping up." That's what I depend on you and wisdom for. I get to raise questions, man, because the baseline was the deal. Was Sony's going to do Spider-Man? Spider-Man, the character, will come over and be in the Avengers films, but the standalones mm-hmm. will be non. That MCU. was the
0: news of months ago, and if you keep your thumb to the pulse, Spider-Man. Okay. is... as a paramedic, if you put your thumb creepy. on the pulse, you're reading it wrong.
2: He's yeah, telling th- you right now. Yeah, you gotta put the fingers. But no, <laughs> I keep, keep, keep I'm gonna the kill thumbs you. away from my pulse. <laughs>
1: I love how Hammond says it where he's correct, but it sounds really creepy what he says. Yeah, you got to put the fingers on it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so what is the new change before we talk about Venom? What, what did I miss?
0: Okay, well, because of Iron Man's... Because Spider-Man is in Avengers and he's in Infinity War, and right. because Iron Man is in Homecoming... So that Spider-Man is part of the MCU. Okay. So
1: that Spider-Man movie, even though it's done by Sony, is it, going to be official
0: canon. Right. Sony, Sony's okay. the main studio behind it, but it was, it, it was a, cre- a collective creative endeavor between both studios. With You can trust that Marvel... Kind well, of I thought their-
1: all of it was supposed to. Even though they were going to do the standalone, I thought Marvel was going to be help, cre- helping creatively do that, just like they helped with Legion but, so, and well, Fox TV.
0: Yeah, well, that's a completely different thing because it has like nothing to do with anything, unfortunately. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I just—I mean, Legion. It, it, to I haven't finished the season, but Legion to me has no anchor to the actual comics at all. It's just—I I will give you that. But the concept. I, I felt is, like
1: the quality was Marvel underlying.
0: Sure. sure. Yeah. But anyways, so is uh, no. As
1: good as the Iron Fist. Shut oh, up, Hammond. No. <laughs> Don't tell our guests to shut up, Charles. No, I can absolutely do <laughs> up. You sit in the corner. Every even Metallica had a bad album once. Everybody has a misstep, just man.
0: Just Sir, yeah, just you have from the Gauntlet. Let's
1: Same uh, Anger is a crap album. The rest of it's good. I'm you are wrong. <laughs> You're
0: wrong. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> the distinction with the Venom film is Fuggy made the clarification because what's actually happening is the Venom film is not even going to be tied into Spider-Man. So it's, it has literally right now, nothing to do with homecoming Spider-Man. Like Tom Holland as Spider-Man is not going to appear in Venom. That's interesting. They, you know, they're not going to face off. There's no plans for that currently. This is a standalone film in arguably in the vein of like Deadpool. So and,
1: I, and it's a villain film. I mean, cause at its heart, Venom is still a villain. Even, even after the Eddie Brock stuff and the, uh, not Eddie Brock, um, uh, Agent Venom, because um, Eddie Brock was the first Venom. Well, Agent
0: Venom's not a villain though.
1: No, no, that's what I'm saying. He, yeah. But he still gets out of control. Is, is, so even well, his he yeah. heart, Venom, Venom is a symbiote, but he's a symbiote that plays to the. I don't know. It's hard to put it in the words, yeah, but like the darkest edgy. nature. At, yeah, yeah. He's edgy. But he can be an anti-hero. He's chaotic, neutral. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Right. So that's basically it, though. Feige cleared cleared it up. He said it's not going to be part of the MCU, and therefore it's not. Re- it's also, by extension, not associated with that version of Spider Man currently. There's also some other speculation in the article here that, like, some people were calling this a play by Sony to get ready to sell their studio. Like they were trying to build up this hot Venom property, you know, to kind of like
1: it the only people that could sell it to be Marvel because it's only anybody who could do anything with their stuff.
0: That's not true. You don't think? They, the the Sony Pictures as a studio is a thing that they might be looking to sell.
1: No, I get that, but right. There's so not they, a whole lot of strong Sony Picture films,
0: is there? Well, they they've had their ups and downs. That's kind of the whole point, though, because yeah. so, Sony's. We've talked about this a bit in the past too. Sony's a company that has. They have very far-reaching. You know, sub industries under their big blanket company, Sony. Sony Pictures doesn't perform so well. It has like it'll have a hit, sometimes two in a year, and then it'll have a couple flops. So it's been. Uh, they are the people behind the emoji movie. Just uh, bruh. Bruh. I don't understand. That anyway, has, that has
2: Patrick Stewart though is talking poo,
1: so I'm seeing that.
0: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they
1: did Train Spotting too, which I haven't seen yet, but I did love the first one. They do the Resident Evil films, which I like Resident Evil, but it's a guilty pleasure. Underworld, guilty pleasure.
0: Well, and that's the thing is a lot yeah. of their films have been like, you know, slightly above the direct-to-video par. You know what I mean? Like they've been they've they're been like Michael those... Bay films. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. mostly trash, but they're they're exciting and they have explosions. And that's and, and,
2: and one eighty hero shots from the knees of all the people.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, they've got Spider-Man: Homecoming. Of course, they were—they are the title production company behind that. They, they like got Spider-Man. The so,
2: they like Spider-Man so much they use the same font on the game on the
1: PlayStation. From the movie, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. we'll get to that here in a minute. How oh, you mean the actual PlayStation? They used the yes. uh, Spider-Man font on the machine. Yes, I never actually put that together.
0: Yeah. But yeah, so there's been some speculation. I I called that. Two, three, I think it was two years ago. Yeah, I called that. I, I suspected that Sony Pictures would be sold off within the next few years. I might be wrong in that, though, is what they're saying. Uh, I think they're probably banking a lot of hopes on Homecoming doing really well and helping to buoy them a bit. Uh, but we'll see. You well,
1: know? here's an interesting thing their TV line, which could be separated, even though it's technically under the title, Sony Pictures, Their TV line could be separated or already separated from the movies. Guy, I tell you, their TV line is is critically acclaimed. Uh, They've got Bloodline, which I personally not seen, but they're behind the TV show Bloodline, which is critically acclaimed. Their Wheel of Fortune is theirs. Better Call Saul is theirs. Uh, Preacher on AMC is theirs. Jeopardy. So I mean, there's some pretty strong TV. That's right. Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Man,
2: smoking up the TV charts.
1: I'm just saying, they've been on for, what, 30 freaking years? You can't argue with that.
2: I'm not man. arguing with it. Th- I'm not arguing with pop- popularity doesn't always mean good.
1: This is true, but the other things, you know, better call Saul, Bloodline, Preacher. I've watched Preacher. and I, thought I, was I,
2: I, I present to you Justin Bieber as exhibit number one in that argument. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: the um, man makes him money. That's right.
2: Popular, Bloodline, but not good.
0: Bloodline got canceled uh, just like mid-production saying, hey, of this most recent season. And, yeah. It's not doing so well, but uh, yeah, no, they, that's and that's what I'm talking about. Is they yeah. they have a a spotted record, like it's it's rough at times. So, well, and they they're do, still
2: dealing with the backlash from that email scandal a few years ago too, where they got yep, hacked.
0: Absolutely, well, and that was that's that them, was one still of the things them. that uh, prompted me to say that I would think that they would cut the the division up a bit. And it's very like Charles, you just hinted at it. It's very possible that they could say, "All right, we're out of." you know, silver screen, big budget productions. We're going to sell that whole section off. We'll keep doing the TV. Cause they they're not necessarily the ones sitting there running production on preacher and stuff like that. Cause those right. are, they're, they're just run by the networks. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. yeah. So they might be involved in the, in the production chain and all of that, but it's not, you know, they're, their helmed projects are rough at best at times. So we'll see how this all plays out. Um, I, I oh, can yeah, see no, them th-
2: selling off the motion picture stuff and using that money to enter into a VR stuff to play with the PlayStation VR and come up with storytelling.
0: They, uh, you know, as a as a conglomerate, they could absolutely do yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, this
2: is all hypothetical, but I'm just and I'm and I'm just shooting from the hip, but I could see them reinvesting that that sale into VR storytelling.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, yeah. we've seen crazier things. We just saw Konami who was famous for producing great video, well, mostly great video games for many years, just recently kind of gave up on making traditional mainstream video games, and now they're completely focused on their uh, their um, slot machine business, their you know their yeah. gambling machines. Mm-hmm. Like, they've completely abandoned traditional... I, which, honestly, I wonder if the
1: Konami code works on a slot machine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> crap, I feel like they would lose so much money that way. Right.
1: I'll say that is honestly a natural progression from a company that started in arcade games to end up in slot machines is a very natural progression.
0: Well, uh, little known fact: Nintendo actually started in gambling machines. It, you know, it's not. I did not know that. Yeah, Nintendo started as. Uh, well, Nintendo
2: and, it was cards and then plinko, wasn't it?
0: Yep. Yeah, plinko. Yep.
1: Yeah, look at so, me knowing at stuff. stuff. Yeah, being smart and stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but coming back to Venom before we hit this break, uh, when I everything I've heard about Venom, uh, of course I am one of the the camp. Even though Casey Straws hates this, I would love to see Venom face off against uh, Carnage. And honestly, somebody said something about Spider Man. It's like, you oh. know what? I don't really want Spider Man in this film. I, I, I just, I, just
3: heard,
0: I think I just heard like enraged shouting from new york city coming up the mountains <laughs> <laughs> i live like 500 miles away from him but okay man. i, 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 I can still hear his canary cry from here you know it's,
1: it's it's we're like the worst wonder twins ever though but when we our powers activate together we troll like nobody's business because yeah we just have the, the to water right. or
2: the goofy animal with no purpose
1: <laughs> he is absolutely the goofy <laughs> animal with no purpose. <laughs> there, there's, there's, there's no getting around that. They're just not. So, uh Casey, man, we love you, but you're wrong so you know, Carnage needs to make an appearance alright we're going to hit the break here this is what we do, you keep the lights on you keep these awesome guests coming around go and support us, patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel and listen to this quick little advertisement because it's awesome and we'll be back in a second that's my Cassius, you know, my Carnage voice right there uh, we'll be back in just a minute and here we are back we got a few more things to talk about oh, we've still got hammond riding along with this doing some awesome stuff bringing some knowledge klotz klotz is kind of like i like having an educated conversation because wisdom is not interrupting me and charles just shuts up and i'm like eh, well okay thank you thank you for sharing that
2: Oh, i thought you were
0: talking
1: comments. about me bringing smarts but you are you and klotz are like having an educated
0: conversation
1: <laughs> i'm just okay
0: <laughs> yeah i'll we- bring something funny we all know you're Bozo the Clown. That's
1: fine. <laughs> hey, uh, that dude was cool as crap on WGN on, uh, out of Chicago. I watched the crap out of that scary dude. He was something else. Uh, here we go. So you wanted to talk about Hammond, about movie releases to date, and how uh, things are kind of in decline, but that's not because of moviegoers. I forget how you set it up. So why yes. don't you go ahead okay. and talk about it?
2: So I kind of stumbled on an article this week that talked about how um, – the box offices are actually a pretty good reflector of a reflection of what's going on with the quality of film that's out there. Uh, if you look back through what's been released over the, over the last six months, let's just hit some highlights. Okay, so we have Hidden Figures. That was a good movie. Uh, how about Underworld Blood Wars? Everyone here recla- recalled that a guilty pleasure, which means that's one yeah. thing you watch on Netflix. You don't go to the film for that.
1: Right. I totally forget it came out, to be honest. What
2: the hell is Bye Bye Man? <laughs> I know. then there's the that Bye Bye then there was that thing called monster trucks do you guys see the trailer for this <laughs> no it was aliens yes! who yes, took over cars and then fought um,
1: um, yeah yeah and that it looked like uh hemsworth was at it but it's not i don't believe it's one of the hemsworth brothers
2: if it is i'm sorry but no um let's see what else uh, uh we, we had we split. had the return of xander cage
1: I forgot yeah, that came X. out too. I yeah. frankly,
2: I like the first triple X film.
1: I, and liked I wanted it too. to see
2: this. It's already on Blu-ray. I saw it at the record store at the, the
1: place. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is not a blockbuster film. I, I went and saw that movie and actually it's, it's a straight guy film. It's just like the first one. It's, it hits all the guy notes with very minimal story.
2: Yeah. So then we have dog's purpose, which is a tearjerker that my kids wanted to see. It's already out on, on uh video on demand and iTunes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Resident Resident Evil.
0: The final chapter. (laughs) Again, because, you know, Armageddon was the final Resident Evil film.
2: Then the unneeded sequel to the the Ring franchise. Rings.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: Let's see. Fifty Shades Darker.
0: The Space Between Us seemed like a film that might have been interesting, but I didn't get to see how it was. I mean, it, it seems like it was for a younger set, but... Um, oh, that's so you guys went one... right in. <laughs> I meant like, you know, teeny bobbers, but oh, like okay. the, the gist of that one was supposed to be that. Uh, that's
1: a teeny bopper romance. Kind yeah, of thing. that's yeah.
0: where the boy is born in space and then he comes back to Earth and it's messing with his body. I did yeah. want to point out you kind of you skipped past it when you talked about Triple X, uh, Split. Split was the. Um, yeah, oh, and am right. Shyamalan. And that has gotten really good reviews. Okay, so
2: we've got one film so far that's actually worth seeing if you've missed it.
0: Well, Hidden Figures, too. Yeah, okay. I mean, Hidden two, Figures though. was an Oscar contender. Two, I'll give
1: you two. Now, I would argue the others, but they're guilty pleasures by, by all means. But, well, yeah, yeah. Two yeah. films. If we're I'm talking
0: like you. tentpole experience films, you know what I mean? Like Hidden yeah. Figures, Split. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, so we, Split, move, in,
2: so we yeah. move into uh, February now with John Wick, which I hear was
1: great. Right.
3: I heard, the first one
1: was phenomenal.
2: I'm not. I have not seen it yet. The second one, and frankly, I'm not sure if I'm missing anything.
1: It just hit uh, Blu-ray uh, this week, so okay. The Lego Batman
2: movie Blu-ray. that's worth seeing if you haven't seen it. That's got some great stuff in it. His password alone is worth watching the film
1: for. <laughs> <laughs> the Great Wall again looked like a good fun Uh, sci-fi thing but i went nah i'm gonna watch that on netflix yeah and
2: there was no reason for me to see that film
1: yeah um rock dog get out rock dog oh that's some animated okay so
2: next one right right with the good next one march logan
1: okay yeah of course logan everybody had to see that and kong skull island was actually fun See, weather. I
0: wanted to see that. I didn't get to see it while it was still in theaters. Right,
1: and see, for me as a movie goer, I have to pick and choose with my finances and my schedule what I get to see. And all comic book films take precedent because of what we do with giant size team up network.
2: See, and I saw this while I was in Hawaii on a day when it was raining on vacation, and it was fun. It was a good. It was a good movie to sit in a theater while it's raining while you're on vacation and eat um, popcorn and
1: watch the giant. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Where, where were you on vacation? Hawaii. Arrogant.
3: No, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> I, graduated, I graduated from high school from there. Since so like I'm going home.
1: All right, we're
3: moving I'm buy it. Okay,
2: <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. Everyone says that's good. I haven't seen it. My kids have seen it twice.
1: I I did get to see it this weekend, and it is phenomenal. Okay, actually,
2: really uh, Train Spotting Two. Okay, here we go.
1: Here's here's. That's a limit. To be fair, Train Spotting was a limited to release, and it's a niche film. Yeah. Okay. Because you really had to like Train Spotting. So here we go. Let's let's run
2: through these winners. Chips. Oh, March twenty first. Bad. No. Chips. Life. (laughs) Power Rangers. The Baby Boss. Ghost in the Shell. And Zookeeper's Wife.
1: March
3: was kind Uh, of a bust.
1: I wanted to see all of those films. Boss Baby was okay. Uh, but all these are, yeah, I'll give I, you, for a movie-going thing, that's a bust. It's I not saw
0: a Power a Rangers and Ghost in the Shell, and honestly, neither one of them, yeah.
2: Okay, so Power I, Rangers was I didn't was need fun. to see
0: those in the theater. Yeah, Power Rangers was fun. It, it was wasn't more, great, yeah. but it was fun.
2: It was more fun than Ghost in the Shell. I thought Ghost yeah, in the Ghost Shell
0: in the was beautiful. I don't think, I see, I, I, I don't agree with that. I, I respect your opinion on that. I because I I do I did enjoy the source material I did see what they were trying to do um, I think it didn't hit all the notes that a lot of the the core fans for that franchise wanted it to hit. It
1: was like the Matrix had a baby.
0: Well, now but, you're talking about well, language. But what you? A I, I assume I assume you realize though that Ghost in the Shell was yes, one of yes, the. Yes, yes,
2: yeah, I know, Matrix. yeah, I know. It was just it's right. yeah, eating yeah. itself as far as that's concerned.
0: Right, so, yeah. it really is. It's a 20-year cycle where we've come back around, and now we – yeah, exactly. Yeah. But
1: here's the thing, too. To be fair, you have to have some throwaway film. Well, I wouldn't say have to, but you don't expect blockbusters except certain times of the year. So for Logan to even come out in the month of March blew everybody out of the water as far as competition was. It's
2: true, but the thing is is these every film that is released, they're hoping it will be either a blockbuster or will be like uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding.
0: And the runaway hit,
2: yeah, and so yeah. so far, yeah. none of these haven't have even gotten picked up a sprint, let alone run away.
0: Yeah, I mean, Logan, the only thing that really pulled big number. Well, Beauty and the Beast and Logan in March pulled big numbers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Everything rest of, else was, yeah.
2: So now we're going down to Smurfs: The Lost Village.
0: Yeah, yeah that looked like kind of crap. Honestly, to me, most kids' movies that hit theaters first before they go to you know video on demand and everything Mm -hmm. it's it's just a stepping honestly it's probably mostly just so it has oscar um eligibility
2: why would the smurfs have need oscar eligibility
0: well why not well because those animated films get their own categories and so they want you know it it brings
1: cars three this year so that's what i mean
0: yeah well that's
3: yeah well
1: but the thing is too okay so there's a stigma though Direct-to-DVD, how good can that be? Most of the time, it's crap, unless you're talking about DC animation. Yeah. Right? So, you kind of have to invest to get it out there into the, the zeitgeist, right? Get the people's knowledge of it, where they might not go to see it at the theater, but... They know it's there, and as soon as it hits DVDs, then that's where you make your money is on Blu-ray. And also,
2: though, there's a whole new thought process going with the uh, produced by Netflix, produced by Uh, Uber produced by Amazon, and they're changing up that whole what the direct-to-DVD market has to do because now they're competing Uh against people putting quality product out
1: without even having a network. Exactly. But at the same time, the key word there is changing. It's yeah. an active process yeah. right now.
2: All right. So we moved to Fate and the Furious. I heard that was good. I still haven't seen it.
1: I, I really want to see it. I, I love all the Furious movies, even the bad one. Okay. So then we moved to Born
2: in China, which I heard my, my, was okay. Uh,
1: oh, well, it's, di- it's Disney nature. It's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Uh,
2: the rest of them, I'm not sure if I even recognize. I, don't, I,
1: know even it. I yeah. don't know what Free Fire is. I don't know what the Z is. I don't know what any of these are. Okay. Then Orbit,
2: The Circle... Yeah. Oh, the circle is supposed to be a huge hit, and it was uh, wah, 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 on release. I mean,
1: Tom Hanks is a bad guy, right? Yeah, and Hermione is dumb. See, so you can't play her as dumb. That's, no, she's not that's dumb. She, she's
2: just to- not. She's she's playing the naive. She's naive. Yeah, yeah. she's playing naive. Uh, you, know, yeah. I,
1: you can't have. But here's it. the thing, too. Sorry, you're, you're you're releasing these the week, not even a full week, because we know how release dates actually are you're releasing these movies the circle less than a week away from guardians galaxy of the galaxy volume 2 and everybody knew that was going to be the start of the blockbusters Mm -hmm. yep
2: and so So. guardians of the galaxy brought people to it so we're let's let's look back though how many of these actually brought people to the theaters in droves like four of them
1: No. maybe four yeah
2: uh so we have king arthur lowriders snatched um alien covenant was supposed to bring people but i hear opening weekend uh word of mouth kind of stopped people going
1: i said i heard the opposite i heard a lot of people didn't go opening weekend but then they heard it was actually really, really I all i've heard was good things about oh, it I've, really heard, good I've heard nothing
2: but hate and discontent
1: interesting interesting
2: because yeah, i yeah
0: yeah i i'm a big fan of the franchise i saw it it was it was fun it was kind of cool, but it was very predictable. Like, there was nothing, there was no twists or turns, or, and none of the suspense, there was no real suspense, because we, you just knew the end result of everything. You know what I mean? Like, you knew how everything was going to play out. Everything was. But in,
1: in the fun, uh, other than the first Alien, right, when you didn't know, when you didn't know what was going to happen, isn't kind of the fun of the consecutive Alien films to be, okay, w- how will it go down? Is we know they're going to well, get wiped out, but how will it go down?
0: No, I mean the, no? Second, the 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 thing about the aliens franchise is the first two films are held up on pedestals, right? Because yep. the one's first an, film one's
2: a horror movie in space, a science fiction horror movie, and the other is a science fiction action film,
0: right? Exactly, and they're the and- epitomes
2: of both of those.
0: Yeah. And they, you know, the second film, while it doesn't have the suspense, it still has tension because, you know, it's got this whole horde thing going on where, like, it, you're trying to see these soldiers over in the whole group overcome overwhelming odds. And it's really that is very interesting. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, but, you know, the third film, you know, that that kind of got. Yeah. the The subsequent films really got screwed up. By having various creatives involved, changing scripts and all kinds of weird stuff, Um, and
2: finding ways to keep bringing back Ripley,
0: and throwing Winona Ryder in the mix. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I just watched that film again like a week ago, just because I wanted to. Like, it's the one that I couldn't remember. Very vivid, isn't that the
1: one with aliens underwater? I mean, there's something floods and there's a swimming. Yeah, yeah yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Okay, the, the
1: the well, at the time when I watched it, the graphics on that were phenomenal. I was like, oh my god, that uh, the rest of film the film was okay. That scene was like phenomenal to me.
0: Oh yeah, that was some of the best CGI that uh, that had been yeah. done in the late '90s. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no. So Covenant, yeah, it just like it fixed a lot of the problems that Prometheus had, but it didn't. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. Collectively, Prometheus and Covenant are very visually stunning. There's a lot of cool moments, but storytelling-wise, they are nowhere near what Alien and Aliens accomplished.
1: Yeah. Right. So now we're getting caught up to where we are now: Baywatch, yeah. Pirates of Caribbean, something. But what? What? So the point. What is, do you think is the reflection? So yeah.
0: the point yeah. is that
2: it's people want to see movies, and when there are good movies out there, people will go to them. What we're seeing, yeah. though, is the quality of film has declined. I don't. I mean, I saw Pirates of the Caribbean for free. I still wanted my money back for the time that I spent watching that film. Mm-hmm. My twelve-year-old daughter. My 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 twelve-year-old daughter. She fell asleep during that film. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't have gone to the midnight show. We right? didn't. We went to like, <laughs> a, like a six o'clock show in a big theater with a nice screen and. She got a big bucket of popcorn. She finished the popcorn and passed right out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she got the wrong bucket of popcorn, sir. <laughs>
2: I mean, I saw Captain Underpants today, and I actually had more fun at it than I did Pirates of the Caribbean
1: because it has a weird because hey, that- it has a weird uh, Yankovic song at the end nice uh but that brings up an interesting point too a lot of these films are i think date night films right what are you trying to catch the audience that goes every week to everything so there's levels of filmmaking there's the the um rosebuds right the the citizen canes where it's epic film then there's the blockbusters like guardians of the galaxy and then are you there's calling Transformers, the,
2: the dark of night
1: or whatever it's called the last night no i'm not i'm not, I'm not don't even bring up my do not, do not bring up my my beloved Transformers. <laughs> I'm not taking any more grief Don't today. Pull his I'm his cardboard
0: box full of smut out and just show <laughs> it to everybody. I just say I
1: love I love Transformers. No, what I'm saying is. Uh, my wife and I, we always try to go out on a date for our anniversary, and we want to see a film. Well, there were some years where the Sherlock films were out with Robert Downey Jr. That was great. The uh, Avatar was out one year. That was great. But then there's a year where we went to the theater, and there was nothing out because our anniversary is in January. So it's the the no nominations going on. It's just you get what you get. It's the date night films, and we decided to flip a coin out of all the crappy films to pick from, and saw Bad Teacher. That Teacher, because we had such a solo bar going into it, Uh, fine, we'll just spend a couple hours away from the kids and eat some popcorn, whatever. We loved it, but not because it's a great film. I mean, I don't know if it's a great film. I'm saying we went in thinking, crap, it's it's the best crap out of this pile of crap, and we actually enjoyed it. And I think a lot of, sometimes a lot of this stuff is, that's the target audience. It's not so much to fill the, although you're right, every theater crosses their fingers, will this be the runaway hit? Probably not.
3: Yeah, but, you know, know but
1: will it make you money? Probably.
0: I think the, you know, we, we've talked about on the show a few times now that the the industry, right now their behavior is very sculpted by what is producing results. So they're, they're heavily invested in franchises, and so that's where you get your tentpole big blockbusters. Whether they're good or not, you know, they throw a lot of money at those, they throw a lot of money at the marketing, and people show up for that. There's not a lot of support behind like what you were saying, like your Citizen Kane, like your your superbly crafted like art or indie films. You know, your st- stuff that's a, maybe not action based at all, but is really about story. You know what I mean? Like really, you know, re- like you're. Your you
1: wanted sh- to bring up you, you wanted to mention Kubo and the Two Strings.
0: Well, I did. I already talked about it. Yeah,
1: talking about it again because it was a good story. Oh well, no, no that's the, that's,
0: that's that's a good example. That that's the kind of film. You know, that that is actually a perfect example of a film that if that film came out 10 years ago, right, it would have crushed in the theater. It would have done really, really well because people would have supported it because that was yeah. culture at the time. The culture at the time was if you put out a really well-produced film with some feeling and some real craftsmanship, people will turn up and support you in that. And you know, inversely,
2: the if The Dark Crystal came out today, it would get it's going to get lost. Oh, yeah. Because it doesn't move at the right pace. It doesn't move at the right storytelling pace.
3: Yeah.
0: so uh,
1: I, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah,
2: it's it's
0: just it. not a very, you know, the, the reality is we've been burnt for too long. Like, I would say the late 2000s, early 2010s was filled with so much just trash as far as films, you know what I mean, that people got burnt. And with rising costs, I mean, we've talked about that at length. We talked about it in the... uh with Audrey and Phil the week, the week you were out, yes. Charles, we talked yes. about how, you know, if you have a family, you're talking, you know, 50, 60, sometimes more dollars to bring your family to go see a family film. If you want two people going to see a movie nowadays is upwards of $20, sometimes 30 or 40 if you're actually getting snacks and everything. And, you know, honestly, it, like as a as a knowledgeable consumer, I know that the theater gets most of its profit from those concessions oh yeah absolutely and I feel obligated to at least get a beverage usually you know because i want to i want to keep theaters alive but at the same time it's like well you're killing me man you know so right it's a really yeah it's it's a really volatile market right now and it, i don't know that the industry is doing itself any favors by mostly putting all their chips behind the stuff that they they just assume is going to do it like like I, i'm looking at this list and i'm looking at king arthur legend of the sword they had, Which
1: actually looks interesting on a watch it at home. I, I, I,
0: yeah, well, that's the problem. Is like yeah. they had a really popular TV actor for that. It's a strong property, you know. I mean, not property, but it's. Well, you, you could,
1: know, could argue he's done some good movies. Pacific Rim, you know. Pacific Rim is not a good film. You get out. You get the hell out, Hammond, and you take your Brian Abbott with you.
0: <laughs> I like it. I, if you're if you're sensing a theme here, folks, Charles really likes big robots.
3: <laughs>
0: i i do uh no but like king arthur like i i remember the king arthur that antoine fuqua did 10 years ago with clive owen not not a great film by any stretch but a really fun film and i, I would say a decent film you know what i mean that did okay in the theaters it didn't do great but it did okay you know what i mean Uh, this King Arthur film bombed though I mean they even had and I'm saying you know, they had a guy who's done a couple movies that have been successful but he he was really successful on TV and that's still not pulling people this is a crazy time Hammond did you want to expand on what you were kind of getting at here a little more
2: well I just think that what we're looking at though is I think that the studios enjoy making films and I think that people enjoy making going to the theaters I just think that people are getting really selective and I think Mm -hmm. that that the studios are getting lazy and aren't challenging filmmakers to
1: do something different. I mean, think about... I would change the word from challenging to empowering. Okay. We've talked yeah. about that. They're afraid to take a chance on new stuff. Yeah. I mean, let's let's take
2: a look at something like uh, the original Planet of the Apes films. I just watched all of the original Planet of the Apes films back to back to back
1: back a couple... From of... the, you're talking about from the 70s yeah. and 80s? Uh-huh. the se- yeah, 60s okay. and 70s. 60s and 70s, sorry. 60,
2: Those 70. films were not just Earth shattering science fiction they actually had some messages that made you think as you walked out of the door
3: mm-hmm. yeah
2: nothing I have seen in the last two or three years has actually made me think walking out of the theater
0: uh did you get a chance to see your rival?
2: I did I wasn't I wasn't like enraptured in thought when I walked out
0: and see I found that film to be very profound because I went in expecting a oh let's figure out the alien thing and I came out like oh let's figure out us thing you know what I mean
2: yeah, I mean, even things like uh, Inception, I don't
0: care. I waited like three years to see Inception. Like I, waited uh, yeah, it took me a while. In fact, and, and I, I love. I really think Doctor
2: Strange was Inception with superheroes.
0: Yeah, and arguably, yeah. arguably a little bit better actually. Yeah. Inception wasn't a bad film. I mean, I think it'll go down in history as being a great film, but like, it just, it didn't. For me, it didn't live up to the hype. You know what I mean? That everybody had, was saying, "Oh, it's like the best film ever," and I'm like, eh.
1: But Okay, so going to this argument, now I'm with you. I I want theaters. I want good. Let me be clear. I want good theaters to survive because I've been in some really, really crappy ones, and it's still about customer service. And while I know you need to make a profit, they do make something from the films being there, but yeah, most of their profit comes from their concessions. The concessions are getting out of hand. They're getting crazy,
0: but that's that's the issue. Is you know, if you look at the industry from the movie theaters' perspective, their argument is going to be, then the studios have got to give us more on tickets.
1: I I get, I agree that I agree with that because we're we're doing this. See, all this system was set up. When do you think the first movie theater opened? What uh, I mean, for real, like we know it today, like when it became a thing. What the '60s, maybe '50s? 50s, I think. So we're working on. And let's just say it's the 50s. Okay? Well, actually,
0: no. It's, uh, we, the World War II era had movie theaters because that's how people – You're right, right cause cause they introduced. did the newsreels.
1: Yeah. So, uh, and, and that's uh, – God, I hate when history pops up in our conversations because I always get something wrong. That's the 40s? World yeah. War II? 1941
2: yeah, okay. is when Pearl Harbor was born. Bombed. And- born? <laughs> 1941 was when Pearl Harbor was born and we were forced to enter World War II on the Pacific front.
1: All right, so in the 40s, you're right, movie theaters. Now, it might not be the same exact deal as we have it today where uh, big film companies yeah, around, Warner Brothers and stuff like that. They served a very different
0: function. Though.
1: Right, yeah. so let's just say for, for easy math, let's say in the 50s it became the movie, the studios as we know them now. We're working on a business model that is over 60 years old and a new millennium where we can watch anything we want on our phones Mm -hmm. when this started most houses didn't even have a phone much less have the concept of doing what we do today and we're working on that same business model it's bound to fail that's
0: that's really well i don't know that it's bound to fail but that's really the issue isn't it you know that yes we that we know that there's cultural value in keeping the movie theater experience alive right yes yes but it that comes at a cost it's a business and it's an expensive business. It has really expensive equipment. It takes up a lot of space. So it takes up a lot, you know, it has high real estate costs, you know, and it's, that's the thing is it's like, if we want to keep that experience alive, we have to support our local theaters. But at the same time, you know, so like you have the studios who are like, well, we're not making enough money. We're hemorrhaging money left and right because we have so many flops. And also you they are going
2: to blame piracy too. Yeah, they're going to blame that. but
0: Yeah, they're, they're going to blame piracy even though right now we know this year they're set to make – like their profits are set to be some of the highest in history. Yeah. Um, yeah, because piracy is really the issue, which I mean that just – that's a whole different conversation.
1: Yeah, it's, it is. You're right.
0: But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Prices are, are out of control. I mean it's the same thing as like when I – when we talk about streaming services, when I look at Amazon – and I look at what they want to charge for stuff sometimes as opposed to Netflix and Hulu. I'm like, you're crazy. I'm not giving you, I'm not giving you $30 for a, you know, a season of a series right now when you're going to give it to me in six months to a year for free anyways. Like that's just not happening for me. Yeah. You know? Um, and my roommate because we share accounts occasionally he'll like Star Wars rebels he had to have you know what i mean but he got really upset with them because they did the, the they split that the last season into two separate seasons and double charge. oh no and that's the kind of stuff that like it's like what are you doing like you're you're alienating people and you are pushing them the piracy it, it, it the, the industry's got to find a way to trim the fat in a way that keeps everybody afloat and i, I it's really getting to a point where it's It's not just a question of, like, everybody, each individual actor, you know, each studio, each... Movie theater chain, so on and so forth. They have to stop thinking about well, us, you know, me, 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 and they have to right. start working together collectively as a as a group for an industry, or that industry is going to implode. It's just going to you know, yeah. it's going to dry up overnight. Well, yeah, I mean, see,
2: you've seen success of those boutique film houses too, like Alamo Draft House, mm-hmm. and this place up here called Bruvies that you know has pizza and beer and and it's comfortable yep. and you can watch. Those kind of things thrive because it gives you the both the best of both of those worlds, where you have the social right. interaction and the hanging out with the movie on top. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah I have yeah. one those about an hour away from me. Uh, we went to see Guardians of the Galaxy Two there. We brought a bunch of people. We brought like ten people. We had a great time. The seating's amazing. The, f- the you know the food was good. It was nice to have a nice tall beer with me while I was watching that film. You know what I mean? Yes. That that and that is that's someone doing it right. You know what I mean? um and that's that's a business that's got some legs right because it's it's
1: because it comes down to the customer experience and the customer service right
0: it's it's about the customer experience and the customer service and it's also about the fact that they're selling booze and food and you know and all that kind of stuff and you know the, at normal restaurant rates by the way too it's not like they're like super upcharged like the concessions are you know what i mean um and that's the thing that's going to keep a business like that afloat the one thing that i would say though is that it's i guess it's regulation wise it's a little bit tough to get some of those started in certain states oh, yeah. yeah
2: i mean like utah the, getting a liquor license in utah is kind of like pulling teeth out of a dinosaur yeah
1: and then you have places like tennessee where each county has its own rules so one county it's easy to get a liquor license the next county over is dry well
2: if i was, yep. in, that, if was, if I was in that case i'd build my, the bar side on one county line the other
1: county line uh, but because to, to, we got a few more things to talk about, but to, we've talked about how they're afraid to take chances on on unknown properties and things that make you think. I've got four movies I went to uh, Box Office Mojo for off the list that we just read. I'm gonna tell you the titles. I want you to tell me who you think made the most money because that's what it comes down to for the, the uh, for the studios. Right, we gotta make money. Mm-hmm. All four films made a profit. I'll go ahead and tell you that now. All four films made a profit. Here are the four films: Baywatch, Alien Covenant resident evil the final chapter and split now we all agreed split was a film that made the most money so you think baywatch made the most money clots what do you think
0: oh yeah baywatch i'm gonna go with boobs and and pecs man
1: now i'm talking about made the most money as far as uh profit wise but also we'll go into uh box office numbers as well very quickly here i'm going to run it down in last place baywatch really 69 million was their production budget. They made 86 million at the box office, bringing a 17 million dollar profit. Now, 17 million dollars like, is a good profit.
0: Yeah, they've only been out for like a week or two though. Yeah, they came- Is that oh, too no, soon? Was that no, one too they, soon? Been- yeah, you're
1: right. Sorry. You're correct. That one for that two was when- weeks.
0: they came out on the twenty fifth. Yeah. You're
1: right. My bad. I didn't look at the release date. You're you're well, they came out at the same time as Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant's budget is ninety-seven million. They made one hundred and eighty-one million in the well, TV. yeah, that's. So you're talking about, but see, eighty-four million profit. Mm-hmm. Now wait, it gets better. I got a point. I got a point. Now Alien or uh, Resident Evil, rather, right? The guilty pleasure, the one that I always wait. Well, I'm would, waiting for the actual true final chapter, so I can buy the whole box set and I watch would it. Point probably. out
0: that Baywatch is also a guilty pleasure type like that's,
1: Sure. Well, it has to rock too, and that will pull. Well, that's that what I mean. Like
0: out. that's the yeah. Baywatch is not a movie you go to watch because you're expecting an insane experience. You're going to have some laughs, and
1: okay, yeah. Yeah. all right. Uh, but you know, when it comes down to so there's the, the, my point is to the discussion. There's so many different ways to look at this, right? The 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 films that make you think, the ones that you you expect an experience out of, the ones that you expect to make a ton of money. Well. Baywatch so far has made 17 million profit. Alien Code made 84 million. These are still profits, by the way. So these are good numbers, whether they're not 800 billion or whatever, you know. They're not the one billion club. But Resident Evil in third place made $272 million in profit. Their budget was $40 million. This is why they keep cranking them out. People are like, they're hard, which I would totally disagree. They're not horrible films. You shut your mouth. They're great films, but they're oh, they're trash. Why do they keep making them? Because two hundred and seventy two million dollars in profit screams make another one.
0: Well, you know, theaters have always I mean not theaters, but uh production companies have always made blockbusters. You know what I mean? Like the Yeah. Well
1: Shrek, I would yeah. not say I would not consider this a blockbuster, although it might be by definition.
0: I'm just saying that basically like there's always been relatively sure bets. And that's why it's always so shocking when they fall through, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um you know, so like, there's been, there's always been films that were like, oh, if we put a little bit of marketing oomph behind it, this is going to make us a big pile of money. Even like, because my heyday of film watching, what really got me into loving films and consuming them on a regular basis was the 90s. And you know, the 90s, we had some of the greatest film, still some of the greatest films ever made, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like your Jurassic Parks and mm-hmm. your Forest Gumps, and that. You know, there was all Asper's, kinds of stuff. The
2: Power Rangers movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. no uh, no i can't even agree with that uh, maybe
1: maybe ernest goes to jail but yeah no, <laughs> you would
0: like the ernest movies no but yeah and so but one thing i'll point out though is like your tentpole blockbuster film of 20 years ago was kind of different than your yes. tentpole of today like they were a little smarter like jurassic park is a smart film yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, that's why I think it's even today, like even to young, younger audiences that weren't alive yet when the film came out or they were little babies, they still can watch that film and one, you know, just really enjoy the thrill ride that it was, but also enjoy like the, you know, the writing and the the comedic timing and like everything was great in that film is really one of the best films ever made, in my opinion. I
1: remember when Forrest G- and there's also timing, right? How many of these yeah. films are in a, a theater for three weeks, four weeks, and they're gone? Uh, Forrest Gump was in my local theater for three months.
0: Well, that usually happens when it's successful, when people keep showing up. Yeah. I mean, there's and, been
2: – When I when I was in college, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade came out, and mm-hmm. it was in a 70-millimeter playhouse with a balcony for two and a
1: half months. Right. Yeah, that's so it is a different time. Uh, but to get to what you're talking about, the thinking movies, and everything about Split screams at me. It's not just your standard horror. It's not your standard M. Night Shyamalan. It's a thinking film. There's, there's other stuff going on with it. It made $276 million worldwide in their box office. Their production budget, here's the key, $9 million. It made a $267 million Profit.
2: That's because Professor, Professor X goes for cheap money. But he's great at what yeah, he, does, he does, right? Yeah. Yeah. He hasn't gotten the ego where he's like, pay me a bunch of money.
1: You're right. See, There's that.
2: I, I think a great example of a movie that didn't get got overlooked a little bit was the first Now You See Me film. It's not. I a, loved it. It's not a great movie as far as uh like logic and function and, you know, filling plot holes. But is it fun? Oh, heck, yeah, it's fun. It's a great film to watch.
1: Yeah, it's a great story
2: it's to It's got enjoy. Alfred and Lucius Fox and the Hulk in it. Yes. Oh, and Lex, L- <laughs> and Lex Luthor.
1: And Lex Luthor. Yeah. So uh, we, we talk about this all day long, and people might be getting tired. But that's, that was great, Hammond. I mean, you really broke it down. And and let you, it clots you, too. I mean, I'm, I'm not pissing on clots. Yeah, what whatever. brought it to the table. No, you, you did. Uh, it's fun. And we would talk about it forever. Uh, we got some other stuff to get to. I'm going to skip this next one because it's not that important. But the Spider-Man game, uh, none of us really follow follow E3 as much anymore. I haven't followed it in a couple of years after they really changed the format of the convention and how it was done and kind of shut out, at the time, shut out indie players or indie uh, developers. I think it's changed against this. End, but it's kind of like, eh, I'll, uh, when it hits, it hits. But Clutch, you saw the Spider-Man
0: game and you, you kind of yeah. lost your... your Basically, just want to shout out that E3 they showed uh, gameplay for an upcoming Spider-Man game on PlayStation 4 that looks great. Hey, is uh, it EDR
3: capable?
0: I don't think so. Um, but I would have to go. You know, I'd have to go read more to know for sure. Uh, but basically, I just wanted to call it out and let you know because I know we we have a handful of you know. From the Helicarrier veterans that still listen to us over here, uh, and I know that that community has been struggling to find anything that will replicate the experience of that game that we used to play, uh, Marvel Avengers Alliance. And um, you know, there's been Man. various other things that have come up since then. That, but this is a game. If you have the, if you have the PS4 console, it looks promising because they've they've tried doing some Spider-Man games before, and they weren't so great. But this one looks kind of like it's a little bit. It looks like it's open worldish. Um so kind of like your Watch Dogs or your um you know your GTA that kind of stuff. GTA and Spider-Man. It, it kind <laughs> of a little bit. Like it, the the gameplay footage showed him in a um, a construction site taking out some goons. You know what I mean? yeah and uh it's cool though because he was able to use his web powers like he was able to to sling up onto a a cross beam and he was able to use the environment to like like he grabs a there's a crane hook sitting on, on you know like a ground crane and um he webs it and sl- gets it to slam into a guy and it knocks this, him out. this
1: is reminiscent of a rock uh oh crap i want to say rock steady but that's that's a teenage mutant turtle um the guys who did the Batman, the Arkham series.
0: Yeah, that's what I... I, I feel yeah. like it's got a little bit of the, the whole Arkham series thing going on, a little bit of your like Assassin's Creed stealth aspect, I'm sure, because it looks like he, what he was There's trying to do in sucked. the gameplay. Oh, yeah, I didn't even see it.
1: No, no spoilers. I just want to watch it on my own. Shut up, buddy. Uh-huh.
0: I, I, always, I always get <laughs> sad when you see somebody like Fassbender do a film that just is... I'm like, why did you sign up for that? Like, why? Uh- but, uh, yeah, anyway. So, of course, you get
2: paychecks once in a while.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he's in the mark. Like, I and mean, it, it was the on X-Men the edge films. of something
1: that could be really good. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, looking at the Spider Man, though, I will say it's on the edge of the Uncanny Valley. I mean, it is. There are some moments of are like, wow, that is damn near real.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it looks sharp. So. Kind yeah. of promising. Uh, that could be an exciting thing. I'm, I'd am i love to see a really good comic franchise console game that hits and does well. Because it would be really nice to see that happen again. I don't think anything's been very popular since um, uh, the Ultimate Alliance series back in the... Yeah, playoffs. the... the- was yeah. that
1: late 90s or early 2000s? Yeah.
0: No, it was um mid to late 2000s. It, and that? there was a there was two of them if I recall correctly and they were both pretty yeah. decent. Um but this is like this is more in your like stealth gameplay style game. It looks promising though. Just wanted to give it a shout out cuz you know honestly we don't get a lot in the comic front for video games very often other than like your typical mobile game fair. And I'm not going to talk about uh Marvel Heroes on the PS4 cuz meh. Nah, nah. Big thumbs
1: down. <laughs> well, you have you have some baggage carrying into that. Topic, oh yeah, so I absolutely do. Uh, uh, well, you know, this Rockstar is last thing enough. If you liked, th- there's so many similarities in just watching this trailer to the Rockstar Batman as far as gameplay. I don't mean art or story or anything ripping off. I'm talking about the Rockstar Batman, yeah. Arkham, anything, you know, all of it. When I first got it, was the first time I felt like Batman. I had to be smart and be the detective and do this, but I also had to stealth, and, but I also got to have the fight moves, and it felt like Batman. This looks like that for the Spider-Man universe, so yes. I'm, I'm excited about that. But speaking <laughs> of Batman, we had some, uh, some sad, uh, sad. Uh, well, honestly, it depends on how you look at it. I know we're going to miss Adam West, but he was battling leukemia, which can be brutal on on your psyche and on your emotional health as obviously on your physical health as well and he did uh lose the battle to leukemia here was it last week i believe it yeah. was last
0: weekend Yep. Yeah. uh you know none other than the first batman adam west
1: a lot of people's first but technically not the no,
2: first so thank you for correcting that not the first batman there's that black and white batman you know the racist batman the uh, racist batman yeah, yeah. And then and then there's a hiatus, and there was Bruce Wayne, or uh, uh, Adam West. Adam
0: West, yeah. Fine. Um, I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I, I stand corrected, but for most people, the first Batman.
2: And then there's the yes. Justice League Batman, you know. Come on, golly,
1: Robin.
0: <laughs> oh, gee. Um, the Hall of
1: Justice. And I, I do have to... Sorry, I do have to give credit to my my Lord and Savior DC on screen for filling me in with that knowledge because I did not know he was not the first Batman until I heard their show.
0: Uh, Yeah, so he was 88 years old. And, you know, as sad as this is, I'm going to say what I always say when somebody over 75 passes away. They had a good run. um, And, you know, thank you for your your contributions to our entertainment. And, uh, you know, rest well. You know, it's uh always sad to see somebody go, but that's uh that's not bad. 88 is a a hell of a run.
2: He almost got back to
0: 1953. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: that's a back I did to the love
2: joke. Come on, guys. Yeah. It, no, no,
1: yeah, no, I chuckle. Okay. I, but you've you've hurt my you've hurt my feelings so much with my, <laughs> yeah, my Listen, if,
0: my if you're gonna dad joke it up around here, you have to accept that some of them are gonna Oh go, no, I, go,
1: I look, I'm like, like I'm like a home runs hitter. <laughs> I
2: swing at everything that comes across the plate, knowing <laughs> I'm gonna strike out quite a bit.
1: Yeah. Hammond, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, hey, what was your what's your favorite memory of West?
2: Uh, uh, I actually was. really like him when he made his appearance on Batman the Animated series of the Great Ghost.
1: Because it was you. That's right. You were just telling yeah, me that you watched It was that.
2: Conroy. It was Conroy's Batman, which I think is one of the better Batmans. Yeah. And uh, then his, his idol, the Gray Ghost, which was Adam West, which I think is it was a phenomenal episode of the Batman: The Animated Series. I think it's available on Amazon Prime uh, or Hulu, something like that. Check it out. It's great. It, it gives you an insight into how Batman kind of became Batman. That maybe not be canon, but it's actually really good storytelling.
1: That's, that, and, that's, and that series is definitely widely heralded. I've got tons of great memories of it, but it's widely heralded as great writing, great mm-hmm. animation, yep. pushing the edge and of what you was can really do with it. smart,
2: too, because they made references yeah. to like classic literature that if you really knew about it, like when they did the one with the robots, the license plate of the woman driving away was RUR, which is a play by uh, Kajan Potak, I think, who's a uh, Polish writer, who actually termed the, coined the term robot in a play.
1: Called R-U-R. Interesting. Wow. Well, there's some deep knowledge dropped by Hammond. Yeah, I, I was it. raised by an English I, I, major, so it counts. That, that's, you know what? That does add to it, and it definitely adds to... It wasn't the that he oh, wrote, what No, about that's about? not the wrong author. I don't remember the author's
2: name, but it was definitely a play called R-U-R. And it was written ages ago, and it coined the term robot. I can't
1: remember the name of the author. Uh, Klotz, what's your favorite
0: memory of West? Probably... His bit son, Family Guy, to be honest,
1: as himself as the
2: mayor. Yeah,
0: like the the self deprecating, you know, bit of run on Family Guy. You know, so wow,
2: you are young.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, never,
2: I, have, I, I I've never watched one frame of Family Guy.
0: Well, you're missing out. No, right? I don't think so. It's. it's I, I I think if we were to assemble a collection of some frames of Family Guy, you would enjoy it. If a someone benefit. would, if
2: someone <laughs> wants to assemble me ten episodes they think would sell me on Family Guy, sound dark, I'm not going to sell. <laughs> oh no, no oh no no, no no yeah that ship no, no, has no. sailed
0: like that. Yeah, we're not
1: selling. You. Nobody's going to sell you on Family Guy. <laughs> 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 the, either you either you bought it when it came out or you didn't. The you big know, thing. Yeah.
0: The big thing about Family Guy is that it it had some brilliant stuff early on, but now it has been out for far too damn long. You know what I mean? Like, oh, the, like the Simpsons? Once it came back and... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the Simpsons has been on forever. And can you say that can every you, episode of the you Simpsons is a masterpiece? Well, no.
2: Uh, can you remember a time the Simpsons wasn't on TV? Children?
1: Yes. Thank you. I was born before Tracy Ullman's show. Okay. Just checking. Which is honestly the worst version of the Simpsons, but that is the birth of yeah. the Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, but,
0: i was five years old when simpsons came out i was, like,
1: I was graduating from yeah. high school <laughs> <laughs> uh i i did grow up with the 66 batman right adam west uh and all that jazz and i oh, remember you,
0: you, with adam west because we were talking about adam west yes i'm, I'm getting to my memory ass hat. I, I just, I just love the way that you just like name dropped Adam West in the conversation about Adam West, because you had to clarify which sixty six <laughs> Batman we were watching. <laughs> you know,
1: because it could have been. Never mind, I hate you. <laughs> what hate could, you what
3: so could it have been? Let's go back to that conversation. I I, <laughs> my just, favorite
1: memory is when I was I actually sitting at the breakfast table with Uncle Adam and name dropped him in my cereal. I don't know.
0: You I know, you, just guys. remember, Charles. There is no Batman. Oh wait. Shut up! Oh my god! <laughs> I hate you so much. I'm sorry that you don't get that joke, Hammond. But uh, oh, Chris I enjoyed, I enjoyed
2: his reaction. It's fine. I'm, I can, oh, I yeah, can just yeah. bask in reaction. Just like you weren't there for the odor dropping
1: of uh Dr- oh, <laughs> no. But you get the same there reaction. There'll be no odor this year. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still hungover from that. Yeah. Uh, you guys, you guys were assholes with that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I little. started
2: it too. I, I was the first one to tweet. Uh, I think you did. I was.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, that that hurt a little bit. It was fun, but it hurt. Charles, uh, please share yes, your, your memories with us. I don't want to now.
3: <laughs> He's but, not uh, going to
1: now. Fine, man. No, I, I like that he, to me, was the quintessential memory of pop culture, right? No matter where you were, what you could say. You drop an Adam West reference. Everybody got it. Uh, And and that's... I I can't say I loved the show. As a kid, I loved the show. But then I I grew up and and had new Batmans to go on to. And and darker and and more adult-level Batmans than than what was there. Because I know it was the time. Um, I remember seeing him on... I'll get the game show wrong, but I want to say it's Hollywood Squares. I saw him on some game show for a while. I thought he was fun there. But the... Looking back at his life, or what I remember of my experience of, of his craft, rather, I don't want to know the times he was a complete jerk and just pissed everybody off. I don't, I don't care that he wrote this out-of-the-world out of weirdo script for a Batman movie where Batman's a cowboy. What I do care about is like, I in my memory, he is pop culture, right? He, it, it, that's when I first think of my earliest memory of knowing something that everybody gets, it's Adam West. And I think that's something to be said about an actor who does anything. And, and that's, that's, that's it. That's my memory of it. So uh, there
0: you go. Cool story, bro.
1: (laughs) Now, before, by the way,
0: before you, before you transition to closing everything up here, I will point out, I was going to call you out for being wrong about the production studio that was behind the Arkham games, but Uh you were right. And then you were wrong. It so I was, said Rock Steady? Rocksteady is actually the name of the studio, but it is oh. not Rockstar. Because Rockstar is the is the behind GTA. GTA, yeah.
3: And
1: a number yeah, of- but, but so, I, okay, so I said but when I say Rocksteady, I instantly think of turtles. Right, right, yeah, no, I yeah. can't be right. That can't be right. All no, right. you were right. Yeah. Okay. Well surprised me too, everybody. <laughs> Take a drink. Yep. Charles That's is right. right. Yeah, there you go. There's your only drink for this year. How to
0: fact. not get intoxicated. <laughs> drink only when charles is right
1: <laughs> uh well i got two because i got to correct you on uh, the first batman today T-boom! so uh you know what that's gonna be the giant size team up shout out today we are the flagship show and the founders of the giant size team up network giant size check out amazing shows like DC on screen, who does an amazing job covering everything, as you would expect, that hits the screen from DC. They do the animations. They do the movies. They do all the TV shows episode by episode and all the news in between and jason and david are really hard workers and amazing entertaining guys and have lots of great knowledge and you want to talk about keeping your thumb on the pole scots they've got it with uh the dc world so check out dc on screen and you can find them at giant size teamup.com. hammond tell us where we can find you and get all your awesome stuff
2: uh, easiest way to track me down is through uh at jhammondc hammond C on twitter Uh, You can find links to jhammondc.com where we'll lead you to the shows I've done and uh, all the things that I do with uh, soundography and, you know, other shows that are out there but no longer active. So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of quietly in places that people don't realize I'm in places. So let's just keep it that way.
1: (laughs) Well, I will allow you to keep it that way, but I will say Hammond is a great connector of the community and when he finds something he likes he tries to put it with other things he likes and he's a great person to know and honestly dude i met you for the first time at dragon con last year and I didn't realize it was like the first time you were at dragon yeah, he con. Hung me out on that side we, we didn't do it intentionally yeah. but he comes back with is like oh my god i am never coming back we're like and it, it just hit us like a ton of percent. Oh, crap. Did nobody tell you? You got to stay in this room on Saturday. It's crazy out there on Saturdays. <laughs> and he was like post-traumatic stress syndrome. And we're, we're calling the medics. And we felt really bad for that, man. It was not
2: intentional. Yeah, I went to the but vendor's up. booth on Saturday afternoon.
1: Oh,
2: no. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I came back covered yeah. in body paint and sh- pieces of foam shrapnel f- from all the armor I bumped into in the hallways. I'm not a tall man. So walking in those halls was an adventure. Yeah.
1: That that's a nice word for it. That is a nice word for it. Uh, but I've I've been happy to know you since then and uh, learn about all your work. And so definitely go check out Hammond and everything that he does. And uh, you might be actually listening to a show that you have no idea he has a hand in. And uh, you know that's just the way he rolls.
2: Yeah, actually, I I did a stinger for uh, Booze and Phasers. Did
1: you? I didn't. See, I didn't even know yeah, that.
2: Yeah, the I? the Shatner tweets stinger. That's me
1: yeah that's oh very cool man <laughs> that's awesome so uh check us out again you can help us out patreon.com forward slash breaking the panel email we'd love to get your email we'd love to hear what you have to say on the show btp at giant size team b is in breaking t is in the p as in panel at giant size team of course facebook is uh, breaking the panel twitter is
2: and cbtp you know, ah,
1: you know. Don't you be trying to step on our star, man. <laughs> We're rising. You're old. You ain't going to last. We're <laughs> rising. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, tune in next week to God. Hopefully, have Chris say, Hey, everybody. I'm back. Because apparently, he'll tell Klotz so that he might not be coming back, but he won't tell me crap. So, you know what, Chris?
3: Yeah. I'm going
2: to you! Piggy, you are
1: fired! You are fired! Piggy, you are fired! FIRED! (laughs) You're FIRED! FIRED. You're fired. You're fired.
3: You're fired.
0: YOU'RE FIRED! I like being able to fire people. I know why jobs come and why they go. Go. you're
3: (laughs) FIRED! You're FIRED!
0: Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team-Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash Panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com.